thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Well, hi there. Welcome again to another episode of Thinking Sideways. We're the guys who tackle unsolved mysteries and solve the heck out of them. Guys? Uh, yeah, uh, we're the guys and girls. Gang. Sorry. Gang. Yeah. Uh, so I am joined, as always, by... Devin. And... Steve. Yeah. And so let's just dive headfirst into another mystery. Okay, before I forget, uh, this is a listener-suggested episode, uh, so I want to give a big shout-out to Ash from England. Thanks, Ash. Wait, okay. wait, if we're a gang, do we have hand signs? Duh. We have, we have hand signs, we have colors, we have guns. Yeah, it's like this. Uh, and then this one. Oh, oh the what? question mark thing with a finger. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a bird. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so our mystery this week, Dorothy Arnold. Some of you may have heard of Dorothy Arnold. This is actually, a um, hundred years ago, kind of a huge thing. It, it got worldwide publicity. Let me talk a little bit about her. Dorothy Harriet Camille Arnold. Was That's a daughter. name. Let's I talk know. about that. I know grandma and grandma's names or something like that. Mm. Uh, yeah, her mother had like five names. That's a, kind of a rich people thing, I think. Uh, but anyway, she was the daughter of Francis and Mary Arnold. Uh, Francis Arnold was a stinking rich perfume importer. Uh, they lived in a very posh Manhattan house just a block east of Central Park. Very nice part of town. Uh, they were listed in the social register which is a big deal for rich people. You guys have probably heard of the social register, right? Oh, I'm on it. Yeah. Oh, you're on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Totally. one percenter. Uh, <laughs> Dor- Dorothy was a socialite, and the definition of socialite is, quote, someone who is well-known in fashionable society and spends a significant amount of time participating in social activities such as parties and other fashionable events. That's from Wikipedia. Mm. Uh, parties, by the way, which none of us ever get invited to. Well, Steve does, obviously. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Because he's on highfalutin his, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, on the know, social I've, register. I've decided to screw the mystery. I'm going to spend the next hour just ranting about the 1%. Okay. Yeah. I'm cool with that. All right. How about you? No. No. Oh. Please. You want a I okay. think that's done. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Let's solve a mystery then. Back to Dorothy. On Monday, December 12th, 1910, so 104 years ago, Dorothy left the family house in the morning saying that she was going to go shopping for a dress. For her, 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 young, sister. her yeah. sister's debutante Yeah, again, ball. More, more rich socialite stuff. She was it wasn't debut- even yeah. her debutante ball. Yeah, exactly. So she had to, have, she had to obviously go buy a new dress well, for that. of course. Yeah. Anyway, she left the house to go shopping, and the family never saw her again. And this was a, this was a huge deal. I mean, got a lot of publicity, and everybody was wondering what happened. Yeah, it was all over the newspapers. Oh, yeah. The family and their investigators were able to piece together uh, her trail, at least some of her trail, where she went before she disappeared. So first off, she went to a store at 27th and 5th Avenue. Can we talk about New York and the way that they do streets and how confusing that is? Oh, please, yes, (laughs) because I still see this, and uh, and it still confuses the heck out of me. At at 27th and 5th, what? Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's, it's avenues run one way and streets run the other. Is that yeah. correct? Uh, yeah, well, kind of like Vancouver, know. you know. You guys have been to the Couve. Nope. You been Washington? To Couve? Oh. Vancouver, Washington? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's is it so it's, it's I, don't, I don't know which one is north-south and, and which one is east-west, but it is, it is yeah. avenues one way and streets the other. I so think... I could literally be on 5th and 5th, potentially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. so dumb. I know. It is kind of dumb. But uh, 
It is what it is. I don't think they're going to change We've just us. enraged so many New Yorkers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way Portland does it is so much better. I know, I know. With Fine names words. of people that nobody knows. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, so anyway, I've, I've taken the liberty of printing up this map, which I got off of Google. So you can see up in the upper right-hand corner oh. where she started from. And the place where she went to buy, she stopped at the store and bought half a pound of chocolate, mm. which is down here. Mm-hmm. Which is 27th and 5th. Yeah, and that's uh, two and a half miles away. So she could hoof it. Uh, but I didn't mention, by the way, uh, Dorothy was 25 and apparently liked to walk. So she headed south two and a half miles and then headed back north to a bookstore. But, you know, like that's an hour walk, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not bad. that big of a not deal. Bad. No, yeah. you're just, you're just, you've got a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just walk. Yeah, yeah, she's not in a huge hurry or anything. Uh, so she bought a half a pound of chocolate. Bought a half a pound of chocolate, and then she went to a bookstore. Uh, the bookstore is Brentano's, which, by the way, was in an episode of Seinfeld. It was actually oh. it was actually a New York landmark bookstore for many many years before it got absorbed by Borders, and hmm. I assume Borders is out of business by now. But almost, if yeah. not. Actually, yeah, I can't think of the last time I saw a brick and mortar Borders. Yeah, no. Barnes and Noble somehow still around. Borders. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen Borders in malls, and that's the only place mm. I've seen them, and that was years ago. This episode. Yeah. of Thinking Sideways podcast brought to you by Borders. No, brought to you by defunct bookstores. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be our next mystery. Is what? Where did all the bookstores go? Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, so she stopped at this bookstore and bought a book by somebody you'd never heard of, Jane Calvin something. I did a Google on her. I couldn't find anything. Uh, but anyway, apparently she was popular 100 years ago. But uh, she left a paper trail at these stores because she charged her purchases to the family accounts. Okay. Both, yeah. both places, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She had kind of a sweet deal. Her family, of course, as I said, was stinking rich. She got $100 in a monthly allowance, which is the equivalent of $2,440 today, in today's uh. dollars. And, you know, she had to pay, no, didn't have to pay any rent, didn't have to pay utilities, mm-hmm. didn't have to pay for food. Plus, she could go out shopping and charge things to the family account. So yeah. she just on had, top of her allowance. On top yeah. of that $100 allowance. She had, That's I think a sweet I, saw, deal. I saw a mention that she had $30 or $40 in, in her possession at yeah, that time, Yeah, right? I, I think the family estimated Said she left the house with had. 25 to 35 bucks. Well, yeah, I, I remember reading this. She had, the a day or two before, gone out with friends, and I think she took her friends to a movie, and mm. then they had gotten food afterwards, mm-hmm. and she had gone to the bank and gotten $36 uh-huh. out of the bank, which mm-hmm. seems like such a funny number to us today, but then was obviously a large sum of cash. That was probably mm-hmm. seven or 800 bucks. Right, and then, and then they knew how much she should have approximately spent at these locations, mm-hmm. so they figured she had about $25 mm-hmm. Give currency take. at yeah. that for that time period on her, which yeah. again is a pretty decent sum of money. It's you know a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's not like you know run away to the hills, like, no, finance the rest of your life money. No, no not quite. No. So no. you know yeah. it's that weird middle ground. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More on that later. But mm. okay. Anyway, uh, so after the bookstore, she uh, outside the bookstore, she ran into a friend of hers named Gladys King. And they chatted for a bit, parted ways, and this was at about 1.45 in the afternoon, according to Gladys. And that was the last time she was seen by anybody who knew her. She literally evaporated from the streets the of last New York. Time, yeah. The last time, wasn't it, wasn't, didn't the story go that Gladys turned around a second time to wave goodbye? Oh, yeah. And yeah. saw her at 5th and Well, something. basically, you know, you know. A couple blocks away. 
or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was it. So yeah, she just sort of vanished from the earth into the history books. Over the following months, many people from across the country claimed to have seen her because when, after the news got out, people were phoning in, phoning in tips from all around the country claiming they'd seen her. Uh, and the family, being rich, they had a lot of money to actually send detectives out to follow up on all these leads, and so they were they were mostly followed up on, and none of them panned out, unfortunately. So when she didn't return home in the evening, her parents started calling all of her friends looking for her. Nobody knew what had happened to her. Yeah, now, let me take a break here. Before we launch into more history and theories, here's a few things about her life just before the disappearance. And I'm talking about these things now because they'll have a little bearing later on in the story. Okay, number one, Dorothy was interested in being a writer. And she had actually written two short stories and submitted it to a, a magazine called McClure's, which I've never heard of, but, you know, they're probably gone by now. Mm. Uh, and they were rejected, which left her feeling a bit depressed, apparently. Which I just think, I was, uh, Steve and I were chatting about this earlier. Yeah. And I was just thinking how, I, I guess, cute and funny it is not to be you know dismissive of this the impact that this can have on someone Uh but how kind of cute and funny it is that she like submitted two papers and they got rejected and she was like well shucks my career as a writer is over i know it's like yeah (laughs) i know i know you're supposed to to have a little bit more persistence yeah or you know maybe submit to another magazine that might be more Uh interested in your writing style it seems like she was aiming for the top only Mm. but then again you know if you do the the readings on this her family knew that she was a writer, so there's all this talk about how they were mocking her for mm-hmm. trying to write. Yeah. But McClure's is the only place that she, I, I think she submitted two to them and one to another magazine. Something like but that. Not a lot, though. Let's think about 1910. There are tons and tons of magazines and newspapers and rags uh-huh. around that you can submit to. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm not going to cast any aspersions on her, but I think that maybe a bit of her social status told her that she had to only go for these particular ones. The equivalent of the New Yorker. Right. uh, I am from the upper class, so I must write for the New Yorker. I I need to cut my teeth, and I'll I'll get my stuff published wherever I can get it published, because that's the way all of the good writers in this this world have gone about it. They wrote crap, they got it published by crap people, and eventually they got better. And clearly her problem was that I'm sure she was sending them on in under her own name instead of a male pseudonym. Well, That's maybe. another good point. It's, an, Although, it's another point I think, entirely. I, I think actually women writers were kind of accepted back in those days. They were uh, oh. not so much. Yeah. Uh, there were some women writers, but when did suffrage happen? When did the, the, suffrage? the suffrage movement go Oh, that, was, and, that was like the, in the 30s. Yeah, so this is pre-all uh, of that. No. Yeah. I'm sorry, the 1930s? Yeah. No. No, it was the early 1900s, late 1800s. Okay, so but this is this is when all that's happening, and there is still a yeah, huge it. bit of uh, misogyny is not the right word. Oh, yeah, what is it? Was. A little bit of it. Yeah, it's, it's was... some of that, and it's it's the old boy society. It's like, were men do this, and yeah. women clean the house, and, and yeah, take and care that's of why, the children. And that's why Dorothy was a socialite, right? Because it, but, you know, I mean, you know, maybe maybe today she'd actually be doing something useful. Back back in those days, you know, you're rich and. Uh, 
you're not expected to actually do anything, like become a dentist or a lawyer or anything like that. And Devin's got a, right, a, a great a point, though, is that yeah. as a woman, if she had set it in under the name of Dawn instead of Dorothy, yeah. it might have gotten picked up. They're like, oh, well, Dawn's not that great of a writer, but we'll publish his stuff. It's okay. Well, whereas the thing about it is, too, is I forget what the title of one of her stories was. It was like the, the point, something the, Phoenix or the, the no, Lotus. It was, like, it was like the poinsettia and the flame, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if you want That's to exactly sell your story, it, it, it should have a title like Pork Chop Hill. So, <laughs> so what we're saying is she should have been submitting to Harlequin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, she gave up, obviously, but, although we didn't see the notes. They might have been quite brutal. It's just like, uh, you know, dear Miss Arnold, thanks for submitting your excrescence. Please don't ever do this again. <laughs> um, you well, don't know. Yeah. we. I mean, yeah. and, and I don't yeah. know if when they sent rejection letters, if they actually sent it back all marked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that would crush somebody. If somebody sent back your manuscript and they had taken the time to red pen it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they did. I don't, I don't think, think they I did. I don't think they re- even return your manuscript. I think they just send you a letter and save yeah, on postage. Well, but that's what I, I'm getting to the point of the way that it's portrayed at how strongly she took the rejection. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. would think that somebody had taken the time to red pen all of her work and send it back and say... All of these things are wrong. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. That or, you know, she was the daughter of a very wealthy family and was not used to being said no to. Good yeah, point. Could be. <laughs> very good point. I yeah. mean, just saying. Yeah. Or maybe she just was a really bad writer and she just couldn't perceive this. But Anyway, we're kind of getting off into the weeds here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I mentioned her, her abortive uh, writing career. Also, what else happened? Uh, a few she months wanted... before she disappeared, Dorothy asked her father if she could yeah. move out of the house and get an apartment in Greenwich Village where she could write and be all artistic and stuff. Uh, and someday said, meet Bob Dylan. Mm. Yeah. Dad, right. Dad said no. That you was know? the same and, time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, pretty close. Totally. It was 20th century. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. Uh, he said no, and he said something on the order of a good writer can write anywhere, so you can write in your bedroom, honey. I uh, feel like that's a great answer, though. Oh, I, know. I mean, well, oh, okay, well, we've already gone in the weeds once, but I'm going to stand up for dad here a little bit. Yeah, I already pay for all of this kid's stuff, and I give her an allowance. And by the way, living at home is free, and yeah. eating at home is relatively free. But now you want to get an apartment, which means you want me to pay for said apartment and all of your bills. Well, yeah, and uh, yeah, and on top of that, you know, I think back in those days that a woman moving out of the house before she actually found a husband and got married, well, that was frowned upon. I was yeah, just going to say, quite. at twenty-five in those days, if you were not actively courting someone suitable to your parents' liking, uh-huh. you were probably not doing super well no. according to your parents. Yeah, she was uh, She was actually courting somebody. We'll talk about mm. that in a little bit here. Yeah, but he, yeah was, almost he, was, he was not suitable, no. unfortunately, no. to your parents. No. Yeah, yeah his, his, her dad did make a, a remark along the lines of he wouldn't mind her dating more guys at all, just not worthless guys or something. No, like that. let's it talk was, about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I think it we're was, there. Yeah, yeah, I think we are. So speaking of that guy, in September 1910, about three months before she uh, disappeared, Dorothy told her parents she was going to go visit a former college classmate in Boston. She did go to Boston, but she didn't hang much with her classmate, but she spent the week with a guy named George Griscom Jr. Griscom. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's Griscom. Well, maybe it might, might be Grissom or something like I that. Think we'll I, go, think, I, I think it's Griscom. I think you got it right. Let's go for Griscom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was from a rich family in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They uh, were all proper about it. They stayed in separate hotels, not just separate rooms, but separate hotels. Mm. 
Uh, so maybe no copulation occurred. We don't know. But <laughs> a lot of the Dorothy Arnold theorists out there think that it did, and it forms the basis for a lot of their ideas about why she disappeared. Mm-hmm. So a little bit more about him, uh, George Grissom. Griscom, I, she was seeing him, and obviously there was something going on there, but Dorothy's father basically forbade, him from, forbade her from seeing him. Because even though he was rich, he came from a good family, he was considered to be, uh, by Dorothy, Mr. Arnold, to be a worthless slacker. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was like 40-something, 42. 42, right? Yeah. And living at home yeah. and kind of just like living off of his parents' money. Yeah, not pretty really, much, yeah. He I, wasn't earning anything for himself. Yeah, I, I had heard that he, uh, he went to law school and got a law degree and was, was working as a contract lawyer. For doing contract law, but mm. apparently not working too terribly hard. Yeah. And still, you know, if you're 42 and still living at home, you're really not very ambitious, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry. You're not 42. That's true. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. He wasn't out making an <laughs> I don't even know where that was going. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel better about my life now. I just really wanted to stick a finger <laughs> I'm not going to go throw myself off a bridge like Dorothy did. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're getting ahead of her. Yeah. You gave away the ending. <laughs> No, uh, she didn't really throw herself off a bridge. So, so George was not a suitable suitor. Not, not in, in, not in the in eyes the of parents. Dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, the, but the folks didn't actually find out about this Boston thing with with Griscom until after the disappearance. When apparently the Boston police discovered that Dorothy had pawned five hundred bucks worth of jewelry to pay for her hotel room, and this leads me to observe that if copulation actually had occurred, you would think that Griscom would have paid her hotel bill at least as a but, gentleman. Don't you think? Wouldn't that so, be the classy uh, thing to do? Well, you know, and, and he I He doesn't think... sound like he had a lot of class. Let's <laughs> Well, he might have been on a short leash, too. Maybe the folks didn't give him a huge allowance. I, I, I think I think we need to back up here a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think we've missed a salient point in this story, which is, so she disappeared, uh-huh. and then now we're talking about, like, some of the investigation that found Griscom. Uh-huh. But I think what's important for people to understand is the cops weren't brought in... Until kind of three later. weeks later or four, uh, two weeks later, it varies. You know, actually, yeah, it was weeks later because they were keeping it under the rug. They called their lawyer. They called their lawyer, yeah. And the lawyer looked for her. No, yeah. the lawyer didn't. He hired a pre- private investigator. Well, he, actually, turns out... he actually did a lot of looking too. But but the thing is, is that I think people don't understand is this this didn't become a full fledged investigation right away. Although she disappeared, they didn't say anything because there's that. They weird... didn't say anything to the cops for a while because you know they probably. Uh, probably were thinking that there, there could be something scandalous here. Like, they're going to search for her, and then when she turns up, she's going to be, like, you know, shacked up in a hotel room with some dude right. or something like that. Right, you know? but so I mean... They wanted to keep it quiet. There was all kinds of, of rumors of, of weird stuff that they did. Somebody called the, the house, one of her girlfriends called the house the night she disappeared, mm-hmm. and her mother said, yeah, she's here. Oh, can I talk to her? Um... No, she's asleep in bed. Yeah, she went to bed with a headache or something like yeah, that. Yeah, which is, I mean, there's a lot of weird things about this story, and I think that yeah. it's that it's that natural tendency of people with money to try to hide anything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah. it's an important point for people to understand that it wasn't suddenly the police were investigating her disappearance. Mm-hmm. There's a time lag here, which is always a detriment to an investigation. Yeah, well, hell yeah. But according to some accounts, the time lag was, most accounts actually, the time lag was six weeks before they talked to the cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they but hired... I read, 
Well, yeah, they they supposedly hired Pinkerton detectives. Pinkerton, which is but like actually, a fairly famous detective yeah. agency, as it turns out. Yeah, although actually, in a in a newspaper account that I read of it, uh, the newspaper account kind of kind of made it clear that the police had actually been brought in much earlier, like a week after she. Oh, was really? Killed. Yeah, but. He didn't. Uh, they didn't actually go public until about six weeks after. Oh, okay. See, yeah. when I was the articles I came across insinuated that there it had been multiple weeks, but that might be just well, when, it, when it was released. It's also hard to tell, you know. As again, Steve and I were talking about this earlier, and we were talking about the fact that you know, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. All of these articles kind of just read like People magazine. They do. You know, well, and it may be, you know, slight differences in the writing styles, things yeah. like that. But a lot of it is just kind of, well, we heard from a source that so-and-so knows that so-and-so knows that so-and-so uh-huh. said, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's it reads like a gossip column kind of more than... Yeah, actual news I was, is what uh, we're used to. Yeah, but... I was, was going to talk about this in a little bit. Uh, this, this article from the Pittsburgh Press mm. that came out in 1914 that was a big game changer for the whole thing. And mm-hmm. it was like, and the article contradicts itself. It's kind of incoherent. Oh, yeah. yeah, it kind of, kind yeah. of contradicts itself. But anyway, more on that later. All right, so the Arnold family asked a friend um, who was also a lawyer, whose name, his name was John Keith, and they hired him to try to find Dorothy. So Keith, as I Dorothy, said, Dorothy. Yeah, sorry, I had Dorothy. <laughs> uh, Keith was a lawyer and not a private eye, so I think I suspect that they hired him because of attorney-client privilege. Mm. That would make sense. Yeah, if they wanted to keep it low. Yeah, and plus know. he was a family friend, so he could be expected to keep it on the DL. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, I, and as we said, they didn't want publicity. They reportedly didn't tell the police for six weeks, although maybe it was less than that. But the police managed to keep quiet about the whole thing. Although mm-hmm. that's kind of surprising because <laughs> the police, even these days, are kind of corrupt in New mm-hmm. York. Yeah, they're, they're, they're they known even to more corrupt. Leak. Yeah. they're known to like you know sell information to reporters. Yeah. That would be a good reason to keep him out. Uh, so anyway, John Keith came over to the house and searched her room looking for clues. Apparently all of her stuff was there, clothes and everything else. Uh, Save for the one outfit she was wearing, right? Of course, yeah. She had to go out. She couldn't go out naked, for Christ's sake. Wow. Yeah, well, she could. But. Yeah. She didn't. That would be, yeah, looked upon with disfavor. <laughs> but he found some burned papers in the fireplace, which everybody assumed were just the manuscripts that, that had been re- rejected by McClure's. Mm. You know, again, come on, Dorothy, you know. Man up. Send it out to somebody else with a, <laughs> under a phony name. Send it cracked, man. They'd accept yeah. it. Uh, they found brochures, <laughs> too. Cracked. <laughs> cracked. <laughs> yeah, they probably would. Sorry. I'm so Bad sorry, magazine. everyone. Uh, <sighs> what else? Uh, one thing that piqued a little interest is they found some brochures, apparently, for steamliners to, to Europe. Because remember, in those days, they didn't have 777s. You had to actually take a slow boat. Uh, and that fueled a lot of speculation then and even today that she r- wanted to run off and join Griscom or somebody else and just, you know, start a new life. Mm. Maybe. Um, uh, so John Keith went, uh, checked hospitals, jails, morgues in New York, uh, Philadelphia, and Boston looking for her body or whatever, and he found nothing. Finally, he suggested hiring the Pinkerton Detective Agency. Which yeah. is still in operation today, yeah, and is a very famous historic mm-hmm. investigation service. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, they, they yeah, they're, they Google keep Pinkerton people, yeah. Pinkerton investigations, and you will find some stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm expecting them to call us one of these days. I oh, hope so. we got a really tough mystery here. <laughs> we just can't crack well, it. Well, since we solve everything, <laughs> I know they're not going to call us because you know what's going to happen is Joe's going to answer their phone. He's going, 
Duh. Well, Who's the chupacabra? I know. Dun, dun, dun. Send me my money and yeah. hang up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we don't give Joe the phone. See, I could just picture that though. Yeah, I get up my get up my magnifying glass. I see. You see right over here. This track looks like nothing, but it's actually a chupacabra track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, enough of that. So anyway. The Pinkertons did more of the same. They they searched hospitals, morgues, same thing, you know. Except that they they were able to cast a wider net since they weren't one single attorney. Uh, and actually, be, and after they they thought about the tickets and everything, they sent some detectives to Europe to look for her also. And so they they, they spent a lot of money on this. You know, I, I I gotta I gotta raise something that I was reading the the newspaper accounts and the stuff about the Pinkertons. And, of course, they they couldn't send somebody to Europe to look for her getting off the boat because they couldn't get there fast enough. So yeah. they had to wire her description. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, I, guess I know what this woman looks like according to a written description. And they find a number of women who they think could look like her, but who say they aren't her. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, one... A written description of somebody is very far flung from what they actually look like. And two, if I walk up and I say, excuse me, are you, are Dorothy? you Dorothy? And yeah. you go, no, dude, uh, no. I'm Jane. I'm from Illinois. Oh, sorry. And let's move about your business. How effective of a search means is this? Yeah, I, yeah this, this is very true. I mean, I, I don't know. Back in those days, they couldn't exactly email some photos. Exa- to well, that's, that's what I mean, is that they sent people to look for people getting off the boats. It's like, um, this doesn't seem like it's got a high probability of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Europe's a, kind of a big place. Man... Looking for people was really hard back in those days. That's... Looking for people today is hard. I know, and you can email stuff and like make things viral. And uh-huh. I lose people in crowds that I know. Yeah. Like, where were you? Um, two feet in front of you. Really? Uh... Yeah, I was hiding from you. I was hoping <laughs> never to see you again. Obviously. <laughs> in plain sight. Yeah. So they looked in Europe because of the steam liner because of the brochures, steam liner right? Things. Yeah. Were there any other reasons that they found to look in New York? Or, I mean, I'm in, sorry, in, in Europe? Europe? Yeah. Well, there was one other guy, yeah. There was uh, George Griscom, who it turns out uh, went to Italy. I'm not sure exactly when he went over there, but oh. he was in Italy with his folks, tootling around. So he was they, with his parents. Yeah, he was with okay. his parents. Yeah, he. Uh, they telegrammed him. Apparently, they got a hold of him, and, and he telegrammed them back and said he didn't know anything about what happened to Dorothy. And they weren't buying it, so apparently Mother Mary and, and her older brother John went to Naples to confront him. No, no, not the mother's older brother, but Dorothy's older brother, Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Her okay. son, John. Dorothy's her son, John. Brother. Okay. Yeah. So he, uh, he denied it, and uh, he gave them... A letter that he'd received from her in December, apparently. Although in some accounts it says that he gave them a, like a sheaf of letters. Mm. Yeah, like a case of them. Yeah, that yeah. was what I had read. Yeah. yeah, or a packet or something like yeah. that. But so the letter, this this last letter mentioned that she had just gotten, the, she'd just been rejected by McClure's again. That she was kind of depressed over the whole thing. And that, of course, fueled speculation that she may have committed suicide because she was so down over this whole thing about not getting her stories accepted. Yeah. And the hard thing with Griscom is I I spent a lot of time looking at him, trying to pin down when he went to Italy. Mm. 
because I thought that's well, what I was curious about too. Yeah, I really again, was. everybody thinks, oh, maybe he murdered her. You know? Well, I mean, yeah, and yeah. so I was like, well, okay, well, when the heck did he leave the country? I wasn't able to find that. And out. all you can ever find is when he came back. Yeah, I know. nothing says when he left. Which either means that A, reporters just didn't think to ask, or B, he just never said how long he'd been on holiday. Yeah, yeah I guess I got the sense that he'd been gone for a while, mm-hmm. and finding out that his he went with his family kind of makes his story less suspicious to me. Yeah, yeah because it wasn't like he was escaping the, yeah. escaping the heat or anything like that. Yeah, it that also it... sounds like if he was over there and she was sending him a bunch of letters to the point where he had a whole sheaf of them or a whole packet of them, mm. that he was over there for a while. Well, well and it... that he they had found letters in her possession, right, that had a foreign... Four postmarks. Yeah, so yeah. So they they, they were could corresponding, have been corresponding. Even, yeah, even though they were forbidden to see each other. So I would yeah. I would suspect that he had been overseas for a while. Well, there there's yeah. been three months between their their rendezvous mm-hmm. in September, with, and then when she disappeared in December. That's a three month time span. Mm-hmm. If you write every couple of days. That's going to be a stack of letters after mm-hmm. a couple of months. Yeah, well, I was I was kind of assuming that um, that he was not hanging on to every letter ever that she wrote, but oh, just, yeah. just the ones that he'd received He's a since, dude. since he'd arrived in Europe. And maybe the ones were maybe the ones while he was in the states were back home in a drawer. Mm-hmm. But I, I assumed that the ones in that sheaf were just ones that he'd received in Europe. Sure, mm-hmm. and let's yeah. let's be again like let's reiterate the fact that those letters come over on ships. Yeah, they take a while to it get there. It takes a while to get I there mean, and he, back. He, so if you have a couple, even just like five or six, that, that represents a, a couple weeks yeah. either way. way. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he probably, that last letter probably got that in, uh, who knows, yeah. mid, mid to late December, maybe yeah. even January. Yeah. And by the way, this confrontation took place in January 2000, no, 20, not 2000, January 1911. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she disappeared in December. In December. It December seems 12th. unlikely to me that he was in the States at that point, but, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, okay. So anyway, we're back. We're going to resume the history. Mm. Just a, one more little thing. And then we're going to talk about some theories about what happened. So uh, anyway, at about six weeks after the disappearance, the police persuaded Francis Arnold, her dad, to hold a press conference, and he did. And by this time, he had been convinced that she was dead. And so he said at the press conference that he thought that she'd been murdered in Central Park and thrown into the reservoir. And so everybody in town started drinking bottled water. And, uh, <laughs> Just yeah. like in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And then, uh, but uh, and but there was one problem with that theory, which is the police pointed out to him that it was a, you know the temperature was like 22 degrees or 21 degrees on the day that she disappeared. So and the lake was frozen over, and people had been skating on it. Mm. So I, I'm well, not sure why he's so convinced. He was so convinced that she had been murdered, and much less yeah. thrown in the lake. He was so convinced that she was dead that in his will, like. She wasn't mentioned. Later, yeah. no, she was mentioned specifically that he left no provisions for her because he had been sufficiently convinced that she was dead. Yeah, mm. he said, in fact, I am intentionally not leaving anything for her mm. because, in my mind, she's she's dead. Yeah, she appeared. which is like a step extra, right? Yeah. It's not only saying like, well, my daughter's dead, so I'm just not going to mention her. It's saying, no, I'm going to take the time out in my will to say, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, no, she's absolutely dead. Yeah. So that, to me, is a little hinky. Well, and, and we're, we're about to get into theories, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me just throw out this random one. Yeah. And this is 
fueled by my extensive knowledge of New York socialite behavior from watching Castle is that they do all kinds of weird things to protect the family name. So if he is so convinced that she's dead, how do we know he didn't have her knocked? Well, we don't. Because if he's he's like, oh, I'm I'm just going to make a provision. She she was thrown into the reservoir. That's because that's what the guy that I hired her to knock her off for whatever offense he deemed Mm. so terrible Mm -hmm. to get rid of her for had said he had done. And then the guy goes to throw her in and it's frozen over. So and she skips on you. And then he he drags her somewhere else. But I would, you know, I mean, it's, it's plausible. Like this guy was from the start. He was dang near from the start. It sounded like he was convinced she was dead. Well, not from the start. I mean, they spent, he's, but I think, I think as time went by, he just became convinced that she was dead for God knows what reason. Probably. But he, it's and and again, this is the newspaper recounts, which is makes it difficult. But it, he seemed to be one of the first ones that I noticed saying, "I'm pretty sure she's dead." Yeah. Now maybe that's him being practical and you know detaching Accepting himself the from inevitable. the situation yeah. because his daughter is missing and right. he's got no other choice but but to presume she's dead. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's. Well, I sort of know, and let me just lean towards this theory and see if anybody else follows me with it. Yeah. Well, he and this. Well, this guy knew his daughter pretty well, probably. I mean, most people know their their family members really well. So the options, like she, she like say just left, just for whatever reason, just ran away from home. You know, he may have known her well enough to know that that could never happen. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like look at her behavior regarding the, her literary rejections. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a lot of stick to I mean, he maybe understood that she was not, she didn't have, what's the word that I'm thinking about here? Resilience. The resilience, the huspa, to, to actually go out and make a life of her own. He probably figured that if she did run away from home, she would have been back She'd in two back. weeks. Yeah, right? she would be mm-hmm. like me running away from home and making it halfway across the block and sitting there being like, why are they coming after I know. me? Yeah. This is, such a long, this is such a long walk. I know. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Uh, she could have. There were some theories that she'd like, you know, had an accident and had amnesia and she was in a hospital somewhere, you know, and, but obviously they'd searched mm-hmm. all that. So that possibility was ruled out, mm-hmm. you know, and there's not, and, uh, uh, so there's not that many possibilities in his mind, probably. It's like she's not, she hasn't come back, and I know she would be back by now if she was still alive and it didn't have amnesia, so she's got to be dead. And she didn't just up and die because she was in good health, so that means, mm-hmm. it, you know, in New York, there was, there was, it, was a, it was a dangerous place Yeah, back in those days. It's very possible somebody, but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, we are. Okay, let's talk about theories. There's a lot of stuff out there. There's actually still, even today, many years later, there's still people talking about this. I... God, I went to, there's a website called Web Sleuths. Have yeah. you seen those guys? Yeah. yeah want, we've seen those guys. I want to, <laughs> we, we know those guys pretty well. <laughs> I almost made it to an entire thread, and wow. it went on for years. I mean, it was a long thread. And boy, I mean, I, I, you know, and I found a, a few useful little nuggets in there, but holy crap, I had to wade through a, just a ton of bills. That's why. <laughs> find a, I think that's why Steve and I just don't do that. Anymore. Yeah. 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 I found yeah. that they, I will read about the first dozen, and then I quit. Yeah. If I can find a link to like three good things in a row i will link it and we'll read it but pretty much other than that i just yeah. can't yeah it's, well, it's, it's the issue with all forms but oh, we've yeah. we've gone into that, oh, that yeah. before so oh yeah oh yeah but anyway yeah there's a lot of theorizing on those and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that later but and actually as this thread went on that i was reading through it's like um the the one theory that that came out 
seemed to come out on top that more and more of them seemed to believe in was our theory number one, which is that Dorothy ran away to join the circus. Okay, but <laughs> yeah. not the circus, but ran away. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. That's the to Joe the interpretation. Where, yeah, exactly. The to the point where all these all these people are, you know, lots and lots of these people are saying, I know, I just, I just, I hope she just really had a wonderful life, you know, and yada yada. And, mm. and it's like, oh, dudes, really, you know? I mean, and it's kind of a group thing, kind of thing, because there were other theories that were kind of prevalent, and then and then more and more of them seemed to trend to this whole that she ran away to get away from her domineering Man, father. So what, like what is, what is this a... theory? Yeah. And so in this interpretation, she was chafing on her domineering father, uh, although. It's not necessarily clear that he was domineering. I mean, there's a lot. There was there's stuff like on her Wikipedia page, and there was a lot of this on this particular web sleuth thread that her family was just they were completely mean to her. They tormented her. That was the whole thing but, about finding out about her writing. Yeah, and, and just, and just and sneering at her, her and mocking at her. But there's not you know there's not much evidence in that. I mean, this this stuff kind of like it got to the point where in this thread, for example. It, it built to this point where they're saying, you know, it started out with, oh, they're teasing her, they're mocking her, and, and then it got to the point where they were so vicious towards her, I don't blame her for leaving. You know, I mean, they're all just, they just convince themselves of this stuff. Well, and the only, um, the only bit of evidence that really I've seen in researching this was that she stopped getting mail for her writing at the uh, house she got a P.O. box. Yeah. So that the family didn't see those letters come through. Yeah. Okay, well, if she had one rejection... And then she got a P.O. box because they teased her, mm-hmm. and she got a second rejection. Okay, well, that just makes sense. You know, my family doesn't need to know what I'm doing. Well, they're, exactly. They can be I mean, jerks because they're family. That's the whole thing is you're 25 years old, you're living at home, but you don't want your parents and your family to be in all your stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, so that doesn't necessarily mean her, her family was being nasty to her. Yeah, that but, whole theory yeah. really, like, screams to me. The kind of demographic that comments on threads like this very often, right? And I am not so far out of this demographic of the, like, kind of, like, mid to late teens, early 20s demographic, where it's very easy to, like, play the victim and, like, identify with that person who's, like, being victimized and, like, oh, man, her life was so hard. Mm -hmm. It's like, you forget that, oh, my gosh, she was being given, like, $2,400 a month just for existing, I know. you know, like she With was living a totally pampered life. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like her, her family was tormenting her, but probably not tormenting her. Probably just like every family, family does where you're just like, Oh yeah. God, the, the, the writer over there, the artist over there, yeah, which they're... my family does all the time. Everybody's yeah. family yeah. does. That's part of a healthy family dynamic. Yeah, sure. But when you're in your like mid to late, mid to late teens, early twenties, you see that as like, Oh, my family hates me. My life is so hard. And I think with stories like this, it's really easy to grab onto that one little tiny nugget of like the way that family life could be Mm. and ignore everything else and say, well, she was tormented. Thank God she left. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is a thread. They're reading each other's postings, you know, and so it's sort of of like a rumor, you know. It goes, it just gets out of one person reads this and somebody adds just a little bit to it. It's chain mail, right? Yeah, it's chain mail. Today's chain mail. Yeah, so anyway, so there's, there's, there's some theories that people have out there that she left to start a life of her own. Um, and other people say that she left to run off with George Griscom or somebody else and, and start a new life. But on the flip side, as you were saying, she had a pampered life. Uh, everything was taken care of, and she had that big fat allowance. And she didn't have to spend that if she wanted to buy stuff. She could put things on the mm. family account. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And as we discussed earlier, a... she wasn't really like a stick to her guns kind of lady. No, nah, exactly. You know, she. Yeah. 
Plus, she would have gotten into it and realized it was hard and probably yeah. come back and said, oops, just kidding. Yeah, and even, you know, I think that even if she'd left and actually made a good life for herself, uh, unless there was some hideous abuse that I'm not never, not aware of, I, I think sooner or later she would have contacted her family I again. agree, you yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. So that's why I think this is just pure BS. I don't I think, agree. yeah. All right, the next theory, botched abortion, part one. Mm. Yeah, okay. Part one? Part yeah. one of, botched of abortion. 12, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, uh, the Pittsburgh Press published an article on April 10th, 1914. This is the like kind of coherent one we were talking about, right? The semi-coherent yeah. one, the one that contradicts itself oh, just a little okay. bit. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because, of, because of this article, a lot of people are out there theorizing that Dorothy went to an abortion clinic in Pittsburgh and died there due to a botched abortion. Uh, a lot of people make a lot about the location, which is in Pittsburgh. That's where Griscom lived at the time. His family but he was wasn't there. Yeah, and uh, right. but but the fact is, is I don't know if he was there or not. No, he actually. wouldn't have been if he, he received. Been. He should have he... been. He, he should have been in Europe at this well, time. Well, but, but if I'm not he received certain. a letter in December, mm-hmm. any time in December, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Italy, yeah. it would have had to he, been sent yeah, it seems early, it's, early it's, December. It what? seems that he could not have been there, yes. Wait, 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 wait. We're, we're making a presumption here mm. that he kept the letter in the envelope that it arrived in to prove that he was there. I got to ah. be honest with you. I think that people were suspicious enough of him that had he been lacking the envelope or been able to otherwise not able to prove that... well, he's a pretty rich dude i think he could have uh, yeah. persuaded people to not be looking for listen I'm not sure. I, I i opened the letter and i threw the envelope into the fire because yeah. i just needed to get to get the fire going well I, I don't i don't know exactly what kind of stationery she used but back in those days i mean i have um after my parents died i inherited a lot of the family archives mm-hmm. and from those days back in the old old days uh, stuff that went across the ocean was generally they, they had this. It was like this blue paper, where the paper of the letter itself folded up and made the envelope, mm-hmm. because that's to save weight and save postage. Oh, and so, yeah. of course, Dorothy didn't necessarily need to do that. She was rich, so right. maybe she could actually have a letter in an envelope. But back in the old days, I, I can show you some of those things. They uh, it was like it just sort of really super thin paper, and it all folded together neatly and made the envelope, and the letter was the envelope. Mm. And so it might have been that. Yeah, I a, lot people, a lot of people keep envelopes. You, know, you read the letter and then you stick the letter back in the envelope mm-hmm. and you put it in your. No, box no, yourself, I'm so I'm guilty I'm, of that. I not, admit. Yeah, I have lots of bills that are still in their envelopes. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I personally don't believe that there's anything to make of the location in Pittsburgh. But yeah. a lot of people think, whoa, whoa. Chris and and what's Pittsburgh. what's the the basis behind this again? Yeah, the the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh thing. Is because that's where Griscom lived? Yeah, that's where his family lived. Okay. Yeah. So the basis of this whole abortion thing is that uh, a lot of people theorize that during their week together in Boston, he got her pregnant. Mm. Yeah, she needed to get an abortion. Remember, that was in September. So she's like, you know... A couple months along. Yeah, yeah. and Three. Three months along. She's... Uh, yeah. Two yeah. to three months, somewhere in that ballpark. three is about when you know. Yeah. You miss a few periods, you know. I mean, you yeah. know, you miss one. Okay, like, fine, whatever. I'm stressed. I'm depressed. You miss two. I've been eating Cheetos for the last three weeks. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah, or I'm anorexic, but yeah. Sabor de Soledad's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, I guess two, you probably make the appointment. Three, you go to the appointment. I don't know. I don't think, yeah, I, I, I can't say. Yeah. Well, so no, anyway. You I have no idea. Nope. Yeah. So the article included testimony from a local doctor. His name was Lutz, and he said that one of his female patients, Lutz, 
Why is that making you laugh? Uh, because I just made a 30 Rock reference, and now we're making another one inadvertently. Oh, yeah, I apologize. Inadvertent. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right, what, what, is, what does Dr. Lutz say? Well, the doctor, Dr. Lutz uh, apparently, apparently told the local DA, and, and this appeared in the paper, that uh, one of his female po- patients had been to this abortion clinic. And in some, uh, in, in other parts of the, the paper, actually, actually has two articles about this in the same day. In the other article, they call it a sanitarium. In this one, they call it like, you know, a clinic or whatever. Like, where women I feel were like that was a on. fairly interchangeable term in those yeah, days. Yeah, I know. Sanitarium doesn't necessarily mean what it means today no. in those days. Well, anyway, so he said that one of his female patients told him that she had been up there and that she had seen Dorothy Arnold at this clinic, at this abortion clinic. Hmm. Yeah, and so... And, well, also, and, and this is years after this the is fact. Th- this is three years after. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is three years after. Oh, excuse me. Three, yeah, it's about yeah, three, about three yeah. years. A little, a little over three years after. But at the same time, this newspaper article, and let's not underestimate the ability of the press to misquote and distort things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just another paragraph down, they, they do the whole woman patient of Dr. Lutz says that she saw, but then a paragraph down... They say the source of Dr. Lutz's allegation is that uh, the doctor himself, the abortionist who ran the clinic, told him. Well, and then don't they later say that, um, oh, actually the tip was from uh, the assistant, the abortionist's assistant, no. uh, well, Lucy? That's, that, yeah, but that, that actually goes back three years. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll actually explain that. I'm confused, obviously. Yeah, I know. No, it is confusing. I'm yeah. still... Because... Uh, if you read if you read about this, it says that John Keith went and investigated a sanitarium mm. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right. That's right. where okay. she was reported to be. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is like four hundred miles away. Yeah, three hundred seventy-five miles. Yeah, that's a so, long way to go. Yeah. That's a long walk in a day. Yeah. To me, if the if the the, the clinic's owner, the abortionist who, whose name was C.C. Meredith, if he had actually had Dorothy there and killed her in an abortion. It's, by botching it. By botching it. It seems a little hard for me to believe that he would tell somebody else that she was there. Yeah. That's because kinda... that's an illegal operation to start with. Well, let alone just talking about it. Well, yeah, because about yeah, back, killing somebody. Yeah, and it's not just you, you're not just going to be if you kill somebody, you're not just going to be tried for illegal abortions. You're going to be tried for murder. Uh huh. Yeah, and so it's something you're going to keep your mouth shut about. You're probably, I mean, murder, and then all of the like. Hundreds of illegal abortions you've performed, uh, yeah, which I think at that too. point also account to murder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, probably, or at least manslaughter. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, about this particular little place, this this clinic, is that John Keith had been there three years before. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the, the lawyer. That's where John I'm Keith, a little lawyer. right. He had been there. Ah, yeah. okay. That's what in this Philadelphia Press article, the the main article is about is about the fact that the local police had raided this place and there was a there was a clue and from this doctor. Out. Yeah, they raided this place and they they busted them and all that stuff. And they had this our whole thing that the Dorothy Arnold connection from this doctor mm. Lutz who had heard from apparently two different sources that about but there's a second article where they talked with John Keith about his visit three years prior to the same place. Mm. Yeah, and that's what you're talking about where he got a tip yeah, from somebody. Yeah, yeah. So somebody in the clinic, apparently, contacted a lawyer who contacted Keith, and she said that she was in a sanitarium in some accounts, or, or that she was you know, in this place. And 
It's the, the, the story is confused. Because like it, alive it in this place? Like alive in this place. And okay. She said that somebody was in their sanitarium who claimed to be Dorothy Arnold. And you'll find this in some of the accounts that are out there on the web. And they make it look like it's a separate place, mm-hmm. but it's the same place, hmm. interestingly enough. So anyway, John Keith had been there. Apparently, he had been, he'd received a tip from a lawyer in Pittsburgh. Right. Who was informed by a person in this, in this quote-unquote sanitarium. Uh, whose name turned out to be Orr, O-R-R. And, uh, and so he came right straight away to investigate this. And when he came, into the, when he came in there, he, and he actually had to coerce Dr. Meredith, the abortionist who owned the place, he actually had to coerce him a bit into letting him in to see him. Basically, he threatened to show up with the chief of police and a whole bunch of reporters if he didn't get a private tour. And so Dr. Meredith was like, oh, okay, I'll give you a tour. Mm-hmm. And private so he tour. shows up, walks in the door, and spots nurse Lucy Orr, Lucy Orr was one of the people who's mentioned in this September 14th article about the raid. Mm. So, and he met, and he, he explicitly said in this article, said, said her name. So, and, she, and he said, Did you, are you the person who knows about Dorothy Arnold? And she says, yes. And he says, where is she? And she points to this room. So he goes into the room and looks at this woman that's in there and says, and comes back out and says, that's not her. So, so did she actually tell you? Because she had said that this woman was saying she was Dorothy Arnold. Mm-hmm. And so he said, did she really tell you that? And this woman said, well, no, she didn't actually tell me that, but I didn't think you'd come otherwise. But I think she looks just like Dorothy Arnold. Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah. And so he went all the way out there. That was oh, three man, years before really? the big bust. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, okay. So why is this not a good theory? Let me because it was a terrible lead. Yeah. Well, okay. that one. Well, first of all, the reason, the reason this is a, a ludicrous theory is Pittsburgh is 375 mil, miles away from Manhattan. Uh, so you're not going to, you know, you're not going to cover that kind of ground in a quick afternoon. You're you, not going to say, I went shopping. Yeah, hell okay. no. Okay. Fair. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. There are some people who have said that they believe that the Arnold family knew that she was uh, with child and needed to go get it taken care of. And they sent her away to go get it taken care of. So they knew she was in Pittsburgh. Why? But then why would, she, why would they be calling all of her friends that night when she doesn't come back? Also, why would they send her to Pittsburgh? Yeah. It's New York. Surely there's a reputable abortionist there. I'm sure there were plenty of unreputable people yeah. doing that kind of work. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I'm sure that, like, you know, as reputable as the people in Pittsburgh are, you could find in New York yeah. easily. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. New York. It's well, a big city. That's yeah. one of the reasons that, that a lot of people like this whole theory, though, is that because Griscom lived there and he was supposedly a wealthy playboy, then he knew a good place to go. You know, so that's that, that sealed that. Mm. Okay, the next reason why this is BS, uh, and this this kind of, like, is tough on the next one, too, but the letter. The letter that, uh, or letters that George Griscom actually handed over to the family mm-hmm. from when he was in Europe. So she would, if she was, if she was knocked up, she would be talking about that in those letters. I... Do you think he wants to open that can of worms but with wait, her family? But here's what I will say, is that I'm not sure if she would talk about that if she were just going to get it taken care of. Yeah, you think she if didn't you, say anything to him? As a young woman uh, in I think the... there would be a discussion back I and would forth. Think there I don't would know. Be. I don't know if that's true. If she had just decided, nope, this isn't the right time for me. My parents are not going to allow me to marry this man. I clearly cannot have this baby. If she had just made that choice on her own uh-huh. and gone and solicited some kind of shady abortion, mm-hmm. back alley abortion, I, you know, this opens a can of worms. Ideally, yeah, there would have been a conversation. Yeah. But is there always? No. Well, maybe not. But I, 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 I think there probably would have been, which is why I kind of felt like, you know, he probably, fair. but, That's but, fair. but you're right. I mean, maybe, maybe there was no mention. 
Uh, next reason. The tip that John Keith received from the attorney that was received from Lucy or the uh, abortionist assistant. So that absolutely makes no sense because if, if Dorothy Arnold had come there, uh, been killed through a botched abortion, and the body is disposed of. Oh, by the way, did I mention they have huge furnaces in the bottom of this house mm -hmm. where they supposedly burn the bodies yeah. of, of the women who died? Yeah. Uh, so uh, are you, are you going to actually find a way to get a friend and lawyer for the family out to your clinic to look around? I mean, no. that makes that it is make any sense. That is absolutely absurd. Unless she died much later from unknown complications. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Um, but again, yeah, I, I mean, again. I'm on your side with this one. Yeah, I agree. yeah, that it's one's that one's completely ludicrous. Uh, anyway, our next theory: botched abortion, part two. So in this one, uh, a convicted fellow named Edward Glenoris. This uh, is actually the most colorful story involved or yeah. theory in this entire thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said that he he was in prison at the time, but he said that he was paid two hundred and fifty dollars to bury the body of a young woman in December nineteen ten. He said that an acquaintance hired him to drive a woman from a home in New Rochelle. New Rochelle is about fifteen miles northwest of uh, of Dorothy's home. It's on Long Island Sound. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to drive her from New Rochelle to Weehawken, New Jersey. Not exactly why. So they arrive at New, New Rochelle, and uh, Edward Glenoris and his, the guy that hired him, whose name is Little Louie, were met by two men, and one was named Doc. Such a New York name. I know. Little hey, Louie. Hey, Little Louie. Louie. Yeah. Hey, Little Louie. Louie. Hey. So they were met by two men, one named Doc, and another that he described as a, quote, wealthy, well-dressed man, unquote who reportedly matched George Griscom's description. Uh, and, you know, I'm not buying any of this, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, so they loaded this unconscious woman into the car, drove her to a house in Weehawken, New Jersey. And then little Louie told Glenoris during the drive that the woman was Dorothy Arnold. Glenoris said he recognized her, and then the next day little Louie contacted him again to, quote-unquote, finish the job. So they went back to Weehawken. Doc told the man that the woman had died at that home in Weehawken during an operation. So, uh, little Louie and Glenoris drove the woman's body back to the home in New Rochelle, wrapped her body in a sheet, buried her in the cellar. Wait, I thought they buried her in a cellar in West Point. Accounts vary. Okay, this okay. Is, this is like, this and is again, the that's, that's, that's yeah. why I'm asking, mm. because I know there. this is one of those things where it gets kind of kind of yep. muddy in the tellings. Yep, yep, I know. They, they actually dug up cellars and homes in the area, but uh, couldn't find any human remains. Uh, so anyway, why is this BS? Okay, number one, I don't think she was pregnant to begin with. I mean, but number so number two, I mean, she might have been, but uh, New Rochelle is about fifteen miles northeast of the family home. She could have she could have jetted up there, left the home. Hey, I'm going to go shopping. Jet up to New Rochelle, get your abortion, get back. But instead, she walked the other direction. She walked south and actually. got chocolate, right? And, and got chocolate yeah. and bought a book, and you know, and hung out. So obviously, but why couldn't she have gotten a ride after that point? Uh, she could have, but the thing about it is, is like uh, you're kind of pushing it. You got to be home by dinner time, and the last time you're seen is when you run into your friend outside the bookstore at two p.m. Yeah. So it's like you're that not all, you're, it. And, and don't forget. Don't forget, I mean, they didn't have much in the way of transportation in these days. Cars were a really new thing. Oh, yeah, they were slow and terrible. Yeah, they yeah. were like, what, five miles an hour? Well, probably a little better than that. But she probably would have taken a horse and buggy at this time. But you know, And so 15 miles in a horse and buggy, that's a little bit of time compared to jumping in your car today. But so. well, I can I can just see, though, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but she says, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go, and... 
She's got a terrible sense of time. I mean, we all know those friends who mm-hmm. say, yeah. it'll only take me this much time to do this. So I'm going to do these other things in the morning, uh-huh. and I'll be at your place by 11 o'clock. And then they show up at 3 in the afternoon because they have no sense of time, and they cannot judge how long things take. Mm-hmm. So she might have thought, well, I'll go get a book so that I have something to read on the way there and the way back, and it'll be fine. And mm-hmm. if I'm late, well, I'll just say that I'm ill and I had to stop because I didn't feel good. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, this is conjecture, yeah. but I'm just looking at it as, well, maybe... This could be the thought process that was involved if she really mm-hmm. was pregnant, which again, I'm not positive she was. Yeah, but not at all. I'm just I saying think, yeah. if this was this is a possibility, and that seems I I know tons of people who do that crap all the time. But you know, yeah, and and I, I know people like that too. But this is a this is a pretty important thing. This is a big deal. You know, you're knocked up, and 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 this is your salvation. You're going to go get this abortion and everything. And it's going to it's going to save you from being publicly publicly humiliated and cast up by your family. Pretty huge deal. That's something I'm sure she would try to be on time for. I don't think she'd screw around for hours walking around Manhattan buying chocolate and books. Don't you think? What do well, you think? she might have been making a day of it. Yeah, well, I, I mean, not not to be aloof about what. She was doing, but she might have said, "Well, I'm going to do these things, so at least I do these things, and then I will go take care of that." Or uh-huh. trying to cover her tracks, yeah, yeah, knowing, okay, so here are the two places, or you know, two best places that I have family accounts, uh-huh. right? Yeah, that aren't near this clinic that I'm going to, so it doesn't look like I'm going to this clinic uh-huh. or this house or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I have an account at this chocolate place that's a couple miles away, and then I can go buy a book, and, oh, I ran into a friend. How convenient. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, or swing around the panic. corner, catch oh, a God, cab. Oh, God, I ran and... into a friend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, either way. Catch I... a cab. Well, look, let's let's remember, this is horse and buggy days. So. Okay. Uh, horse fair. and buggy goes, what, five, six miles an hour? Is it? Is it horse and buggy days? They were, the they car were... was not very The car very big. was, yeah, the car, they were, they were actually people, actually... Believe it or not, Henry Ford was not making Model Ts at this time yet. The The first thing that came out that was kind of, kind of mass-produced was Oldsmobile was actually producing cars, but not huge numbers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just weren't, and there were a lot of small manufacturers making weird, clap-trappy oh, kind of not Yeah, everybody stuff. was making their own cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, mostly it was horse and buggy. And so you have to expect that if she had caught a horse and buggy, she had to, to go all the way to New Rochelle from... Her place, which is now, after all her miles of walking, now in Lower Manhattan, she had actually added miles to her to her journey to New Rochelle by walking in the direction that she did. It's going to take quite a while to get there. True. And then I don't know how long abortions. It's been so long since I've had an abortion, I can't remember <laughs> how long it took. That but, was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Joe. I guess I just kept thinking cars because it sounded like, um, gosh, the felon. Yeah, he said they were they were Whatever. supposed to drive her. Yeah, but driving back in Could those days, don't, it, you know, it means driving in a buggy or in a wagon. I guess or Model like that. T's were like the the twenties. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I guess I just have this yeah. old view of or new view of what cars are. It, so yeah. what 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 are the other non-abortion theories? Are oh, there? Let's, let's let's get into a different theory. Okay, another theory, another theory is suicide. She oh, was, she good. Was depressed. Oh, we another we just went from theory. depressing to more depressing. Thank you. Well, Joe. yeah, you know that's the thing about it is I, I think one reason that so many people are in love with the whole idea that she ran away to to start a new that's life. Because somehow that's, the nicest that's, theory. Yeah, every, yeah everything really else is, is everything else is kind of horrible. Yeah, you know? I mean yeah. seriously. Yeah, because so the, the last the last twenty 
25 minutes have just been joy. I know. Yes. That's, uh, but Let's yeah, get I mean, some more joy. Obviously, if, if I could choose a fate for Dorothy, I would, I would have her run away and have a happy life somewhere yeah. else. You know? But uh, I don't think it worked out that way, personally. Well, okay. Well, but, so, so, what, so what is this, what is this uh, theory? People believe, you know, based, on, based on the fact that she'd been rejected, and of course what was said in a letter to George Griscom about how she, how she was kind of down and dejected sure, because yeah. her, letter, her, or his, her essays had been rejected. Mm-hmm. And even John Keith, the attorney, said years afterwards that, that he believed that she committed suicide because of her literary failures mm. and because she felt so, you know, because sad. Because she got rejection from two different. Yeah, she got. But you know, uh, I think I think it's this is this is possible, but I, I don't think it's necessarily true because number one, the body was never found. Which is still possible. I mean, she could have jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge and her body drifted out to sea and was never seen again. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Possible. Although, of course, there was lots of foot traffic on the and, and horse and buggy traffic on the Brooklyn Bridge in those days. So eh, she probably wouldn't have been able to jump off that bridge or any other bridge without being Certainly noticed. not at midday. No, kind of, or, yeah. Yeah, or mid-afternoon. And the, the other thing is that uh, not the people who saw her, like, were, of course, her family saw her before she left. And her friend uh, Gladys King saw her. None, and none of them noticed anything unusual or depressive about her. They, mm. And so... And that seems to be the sort of thing that is really, really open to suggestion, right? If somebody says, oh, well, maybe she jumped off a bridge, they'll be like, oh, she did seem a little depressed. Yeah. If she even yeah. seemed like the eensiest the bit, depressed. bit depressed. Yeah. Although, you know, again, on the other hand, people who are about to do things like that, oftentimes you kind of hear descriptions of them as being like really liberated euphoric. and free and euphoric. Yeah, maybe she felt like she'd made this decision and mm-hmm. like that. So, but I, my theory is that is that maybe she was depressed but she was shopping and and she's, you know, that just made her happy. Yeah. She was a shopaholic. Alternately, yeah. she was shopping and couldn't find the right size, and it made her even more depressed. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably what it is. She found this beautiful smock. God, we are just a... going downhill, you two. Yeah. This is spiraling out Sorry. of control. Yeah. Yo, come on. What is what? What's the what's the, the next, next theory? Because it's got to be better than these next two. Next theory. Okay, so she was abducted, abducted, no. robbed, and murdered. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, Joe, I you are no longer allowed to pick I, your own stories. We'll do them for Depress you. Fest. I, I mean, I don't like this theory either, but it's it's plausible, and actually, I find it most plausible at all because I managed to stumble across some crime stats from the New York City Police Department from those years, from 1910. Yeah, I luck, I just lucked upon it, and according mm-hmm. uh, to them, in the boroughs of Manhattan, the Bronx, and Richmond, which is what we now call Staten Island. Uh, thousands of people, I can't remember the number, it added up to like four or 5,000 people were, were reported missing just in 1910 alone. And of these 309 men, 216 women were never heard from again. So that's 525 people that disappeared permanently. And so some of them, I'm sure, ran off to, to join the circus or whatever. Or, but, you know, left the area and just said sayonara to everybody they knew. Yeah. There was I, no reason to maintain ties. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm sure, so I'm sure plenty of those people um, lived, know, but, but I, a substantial chunk wound up in shallow graves and at the bottom of the river. And that's what I think. And I think I, I'm trying to remember, and guys, help me out and correct me if I'm wrong, is... Weren't opium dens kind of a thing at that time frame, or is that earlier well, like, in history? I mean, I I can guess it was like the the eighteen. 18- 
70s and 80s, maybe kind of the 90s. Segwaying into the 20th century. Well, yeah, and you know, because, I thought well, it was a, they, later, yeah. but... Well, there's a lot of drugs these days that they... This is just a weird cyclical thing of they're popular and everybody does them and then they fall out of fashion and then they start coming back. Maybe they're not as big, but you know, it's, uh, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you well, hear about in the news that drugs yeah. that do that. I gotta it's say, not just I drugs, gotta, it's everything. Yeah, I got to say that, you know, when drugs fall out of fashion, that doesn't mean everybody stops doing it. Right. I mean, cocaine, just, for example, is not nearly as big as it used to be, but, but it's, it's still, still, it's still used. It. But yeah. I just wonder, is it, you know, opium dens were a thing where it was known that people Or heroin, would, for example. Yeah, or heroin. Uh, they would know they would go, they'd go to this place, and they would do it, and they would stay there while they were, quote-unquote, experiencing their high, and mm. then they leave, but occasionally, they'd just OD, and they wouldn't wake back up, and who's to say that this girl didn't have something, yeah. some kind of habit like that, because she's got the money for it, Yeah. so she goes out on a, quote-unquote, shopping trip, and this time, she doesn't go charge anything to the family, because she didn't find anything that day, but she just... She went to that place and she hung out all day, came home, and and no tally. (laughs) She did not. Uh, But then she comes home and she does what she does, but one day she just doesn't come home from it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that this girl had a drug habit, but I'm just looking at, well, if if we're going to say that, you know, it's suicide or death by some other means, well, it's possible that OD, because that's the kind of thing that happened at that time as well. Well, you know, Uh other things that happened at that time, right, is like the kidnapping of white women to sell into slavery or prostitution. Oh, white white slavery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, across the country. I mean, that's the thing that still happens today, but, you know, that certainly happened. I mean, you know, well, and let's be honest, like... Oregon has the Shanghai tunnels. Like yeah. those uh-huh. are a, like later than that time period. That the, it's happened for so long in our history that mm-hmm. like who knows? I mean, there's so many different options that could have happened to this woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so I'm, not, I'm I'm gonna like I'm gonna say one thing against the opium slash heroin theory is that mm-hmm. she was uh, she was well known around town, and so she had to really seriously worry about getting found and busted. I mean, maybe she had a habit. And I, I hate to put Dude, this how many here. Hollywood stars do we discover oh, yeah. had oh, yeah. a problem for years? Yeah, I'm, I, I just don't think she would have gone to an opium den. She might have had a connection somewhere. But I, I hate yeah, to talk just, about this more because I don't want to drag... The den is the general term. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'll, saying you're I'll, right. I'm not saying yeah, you're yeah. wrong and I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. I, I just, and I hate to... Because so many of these series kind of drag her name through the mud. Oh, and, yeah, and that's she got not what we're trying to do. abortion. Oh, yeah. She, got, uh, she, uh, she was a heroin addict and all that stuff. But... It's a possibility. I mean, I think the simplest, easiest thing, though, really, is just that there was a lot of street crime. Somebody just knocked her on the head, robbed her, uh, possibly raped her, and then murdered her. There could have been one of those. It could have been one of those dealios where she's like, "Do you know who I am?" And then and they go, "No." And she says, "I'm a wealthy socialite. I'm famous around town." And then suddenly the guy's like, "Oh crap." I was just going to rob you and rape you, and now i got to kill you because, I mean, they're, they're going to take this stuff seriously. And so it could have been something like that, too. Yeah. But who the hell knows? I mean, I, I personally hope she ran off to join the circus and had a happy life. I, I really do. I I, I, I really it, hope but, that yeah. she had a happy life with the dancing bear. Yeah. And that's all there was to Became it. Became Big Bertha. And right. Just, the the bearded yeah. lady. Yeah. I, you know, I, I sincerely hope so, too, because, like, what other option? Because yeah. some of these things are really They're nice. All, all the, all the, all the this other, has got to be one of the most awful. depressing shows we've ever done, and I am not letting him pick his own stories no, anymore. No, no more. From now 
one, you have to run them by us. Yeah. That, uh, I, did, I, I did run it by you, as he, I recall. Uh, you, yeah, in about all of two seconds. Oh, it's this, and she disappeared. Oh, okay, that's fine. No, we're not <laughs> running by. We're just selecting yeah. We're vetting. Him. Yeah, vetting I had, like, yeah. yeah. I, forget, I forget it was. I had her and, and some other disappearing person. It's like, well, or no, some other person who mysteriously died. I said, well, which one sounds more interesting to you? And so, oh, go with Dorothy. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, suddenly it's my Well, fault. truly, yeah. I just wish she ended up in Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with a dog. With a yeah. dog, with Toto. Toto. Yeah. Toto. Yeah. Toto. It's I actually so. Toto, I think, but actually. It's actually T-O-T-O. Toto. It, it, but it's spelled Toto, spelled Toto but Toto. It, she always pronounces it Toto. Toto. That's another reason I hate that movie. Yeah. She mispronounces the dog's name. Here uh, we are. Yeah. So anyway, so favorite theories, anybody? The circus. The circus? I really, I like, I hope it's the circus. I, but no, I, I really, I want it to be the circus at this point. I think that it's, you know. It seems like it's there's so many different things that really could have happened to her. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really no use. I mean, I personally think that the odds are that it was random street crime. Yeah. yeah. And, and the only reason that this makes this like a high profile unsolved mystery, right, is that she was like a socialite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was you know, like this happened all the time. All yeah, it did. Well, apparently from all the disappearing people in New York people in that year. all the time. Lots and lots of it going on. And we're talking about this one because she was rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sad story. But anyway, but I, I will say for the record that I'm I'm pretty convinced that uh, there were there was no botched abortion. I don't think it was that. I mean, I think it's pretty convincing. I don't think she was pregnant. So at least we're not dragging her through the mud, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Sayonara, Dorothy. Um, that ends our mystery. Another successful mystery solved, and all kinds of. We're so- just so the listeners know, Steve and I are both giving him the huh, what. <laughs> Okay. Please finish this yeah. story. <laughs> All right. It's sad and I'm going to cry. Yeah, it was a pathetic, sad I've story. I've cried like this oh. since Pocahontas. Yeah. You're probably wondering where you can find our fabulous stuff and download it. Although that's kind of stupid because you're already, you've already done it. But you can find us on iTunes. And you can download our stuff off of our website also. ThinkingSidewaysPodcast.com uh, you can send us an email at thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. You can also, if you don't have time to download us and put us on your iPod, you can stream us directly using Stitcher. All right, and you can find us and, of course, like us. Like the hell out of us on Facebook. All right, now it's time for that, your favorite part of the episode, which is listener email. Uh, so today we've got a, an email from Crary. I won't tell you his last name. And, and Crary, as you know, most of, most of our emails are from people who talk about how they adore us and they, they wish they were us and stuff like this. But, <laughs> yeah, Crary is not. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to call this email negative, but it's a slightly critical one. And, well, and it's, 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 it's an honest conversation. No, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, a it's thoughtful, good feedback. It's a thoughtful, it's it's good, a thoughtful good email, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm glad that Crary wrote to us to uh, tell us his concerns. So going back to the Montauk episode, the Montauk Project, uh, let me quote from, from Crary's email. Uh, in the discussion of the, quote, going back in time to write the Civil War nonsense, someone, I think it was Joe, and I think I, I remember saying this. Right? It was you. Yeah. I, 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 I checked it. Yeah, mentioned that slavery would have given way to industrialization. I apologize as... And this is still Crary talking, as one should never argue counterfactuals, but it's a subject a bit near to my heart. Uh, I'm going to skip a little bit here. However, I think such hand-waving of slavery as historical as an historical force simply doesn't stand up to scrutiny. And I, pro- I apologize, too, for your, but it's kind of a long email, so I'm not going to read everything word for word. Back to your email, Crary. Uh, while the institution of slavery may well have evanesced in the face of the modern capitalist state, we should remember that there were some in the South who opposed this very ideal of the modern economy. 
And that's very true. This mm-hmm. is me again, not, not Crary talking. In America and in Europe, there were lots of people who were very opposed to the patriarchy oh, yeah. system and to capitalism, and a lot of those people are still with us today. Yeah. And so it wasn't an inevitability, and so Crary is quite correct in saying that. So let me skip ahead. It's, and also, this is back to Crary, also even if slavery were to go, this does not mean the legacy would. We still live with the legacy today in this country. And he goes on a little bit, um, and I'm not, so I'm not going to quote any more of it. Not that your email is not worth quoting in its entirety, because it's a very good, thoughtful email. It's a very good, lengthy email. Yeah, and it I is. I think it that's, is. that's the hard part, is it, it, it's, a, it's a very lengthy email. It yeah. has a lot of good historical points. No, in no, it, it makes some it, very good points. Yeah, but no, I, I think you're right. It's, it's, so, it's, a good, it's a good email. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it is good. It's great, actually. And, and uh, well, I thank you for bringing it up, because I think, I think that Crary, if you saw this, what I said that way, then probably some other people did. So I really thank you for bringing it up and giving me the chance to talk about what I really meant. I think what I said was capitalism was eventually going to wipe out slavery. Industrialization. Industrialization mm-hmm. would yes. wipe out slavery, which I think it would have. Uh, that that's not the same as saying that I think that uh, whether the South versus the North wins is six of one, half a dozen of the other. I didn't mean that at all. And obviously, it's a good thing that the North won. If you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a slave, you know, and the question of whether you're set free today versus 50 years from now, well, that's pretty huge. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, and that's the same. Another reason I, I sort of said what I said is that I don't think that post-Civil War things really improved that much for black folks in America. It really took a long time. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it, we're still working like, on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And the, we're still crawling out of that. Thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was that segregation was and Jim Crow yeah. I mean, and lynchings mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, a hell of a lot of the slaves wound up going back and working on the same plantations they'd been slaves on, except mm-hmm. as sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. So they're still technically free. They were better off. But, but anyway, I'm not, that's, again, I'm not saying six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's a great thing that the North won. And uh, anyway, but like I said, Crary, thanks a lot for the email. I appreciate the mention of all this stuff. Because... Yeah, this is something that we don't really yeah, like, realize, I mean... you know, because we all have known each other long enough to that, like, we know what we mean. Oh, I totally get what yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know, when we Joe make... says something like that, we're like, oh, yeah, totally. We totally get what you mean. Yeah. And then we realize, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, so not and, everybody knows that. You yeah, know, for all our listeners, too, yeah, yeah now feel free to write emails like this. Don't feel like you need to just write in and, and send us love letters. I mean, you can be critical. <laughs> you can, you know, you can tell us how dis- how much we disgust you. <laughs> I mean, no, I, 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 we have gotten stuff in the past that has been constructive criticism, and that's yeah. that is valid stuff to send us. And we have gotten a number of them in the past, and we've only benefited from it. Oh yeah, right. it's yeah. only been something that has helped make us better. Because there is weird little ticks that we have done, or things that we have said, and. Off air, folks may not realize it, but we've had long discussions of figuring out how to make sure certain things happen that are better for the show. So yeah. this yeah. this is a very positive thing, and, and I really know, appreciate now it. we know not to talk about the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know we don't know like uh, you know there's so much that we're a fairly new podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean we're, we're like not exactly what, we're like a year yeah. in. We do this for fun. And, you know, we're getting a, a fairly good response. We're but occasionally so we're going to put our foot in it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah maybe and so it's bit. great yeah. that you guys let us know when we do things. Absolutely. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely Because, should. you know, we're, we're in a bubble. Yep. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. We're in yeah. a little bit of a bubble. Okay. So anyway, that's it. Again, Crary, thanks a lot for your email, which I, again, think was very thoughtful and intelligent. Appreciate it. And uh, feel free to write us again, too. All right. So for Thinking Sideways, the podcast... 
This is good night. Really? That's what you're going to do? <laughs> I can't. I can't. All right, let's do it again. Okay, well, this is Steve, and I'm just going to say goodbye. Hey, hey, guys. Why do uh, white girls travel in um, packs of uh, odd numbers? Why? Because they literally can't even. Oh. Just like I can't right now. God. Please, somebody turn off the recording. Oh, so what did the five fingers say to the face? Nope. Slap. The... Ah.